0: Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the of khaleesi And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Dara, last episode we started talking about BDSM terms and terminology, and it turned out to be so much more than we had originally anticipated. That's because we have a lot of opinions. We have so many opinions. And
1: stories. So
0: many stories. Do we have, think we have more stories or more opinions? yes exactly we need to continue because we had to stop at a certain point so we are up to the
1: letter l i think i'll start with long distance relationship which is pretty self-explanatory you are in a relationship it is long distance it is difficult
0: (laughs) it is very difficult and unfortunately right now with the pandemic a lot of people even if they're close by It feels like a long-distance relationship because they can't see each other.
1: Which is so sad. Yes. I've done it. I've I've done a couple of long-distance relationships. They weren't sustainable for me. I do know people that can sustain them for extraordinary amounts of time.
0: I was with Voldemort for a year and a half long distance. It was moving near each other that killed the relationship. We did much better long distance. I mean, I
1: personally think he killed the relationship, but cool. (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. Uh, The other one would be leather. Oh, so sexy. I might like leather a little. It's a very traditional style in BDSM. It's uh, post-World War II. It's been a long time it's been around. So, hey. People have been uh, beating each other up for a very long time. I mean, I don't see it as that. I see it as, like, you know, Vikings. And I think what did it for me was seeing the lead singer of Korn in concert wearing a black leather kilt. Mm. That was hot. That's nice. Well, it's kind of part of the old school of kink, the leather culture,
0: which really started with the motorcycle gangs of Mm -hmm. homosexual men.
1: But now it's just everywhere. I mean, we go to a party and like just about everybody is in some form of leather or vinyl or something like that. Limits. Limits
0: are, are things that someone will not do. Or hesitant to do so if you've got a limit which might not be set in stone could be flexible you're thinking about it maybe that's considered a soft limit a hard limit is something which you will absolutely not do for instance blood for you we always have to come
1: back to that as an example it's just the easiest (laughs) it is because because it's so obvious for me and everybody knows now at this point Uh how much you don't like blood I really don't like blood I get a little
0: scratch and I'm like, oh! The important thing to remember is limits are not set in
1: stone. Unless it's blood. For you. (laughs) Definitely a hard limit for me.
0: It used to be a hard
1: limit for me. And now it's not a limit at all. At all. (laughs) We're going to come to one of my favorites being a little. And sorry, I just immediately went went into little little mode. (laughs) Which it does not take much for me to go into little mode. A little boy, a little girl is a person who takes the role of the submissive child in an age play, which we talked about in last episode. This does not have to be sexual. I will point that out right now. My little is not sexual. I have a middle side,
0: which is somebody who identifies a little older than a middle. That's so you can be my babysitter. Exactly, as a teenager, my middle is very sexual. Because my middle is about
1: fifteen or sixteen, and she is all about boys—boys, boys, boys and boys. My and some girls. My little is between three and six, and she is not sexual at all. She does it to get her way from her daddy, mostly. And boy, does that work (laughs) a lot. I'm not gonna lie, guys. He's very susceptible to my little mode. (laughs) Ooh, we're up to the letter M. Mind fucking. My voice immediately—I went from little to mind fuck and Like, whoa, yeah, yeah let's you go! Know. It's to toy with one's concept of reality. <sighs> yes. Which is great fun. It can cause some confusion, and I think we talked about this in the last episode too with um, knife play. Yes, that's you can totally mind fuck someone with that. And humiliation, interrogation scenes—you can do that with.
0: I've done mind fucking in impact play. With really? my bottom. Yes. What I will do is I will take one implement in my left hand, and I'm either behind them so they can't see or they've got a blindfold on and they can't see, and I will start to, let's say, rub their left butt cheek <laughs> with the implement in my left hand, and that's where they start to then expect that that implement is going to hit them on that side, and then instead I hit them with another implement in the right side, which they weren't expecting.
1: Is that kind of like when I do electro, when I have uh, my soft rabbit paw and I'm dragging the soft silkiness across them and they're like oh this is nice and then I hit them with the claw side yes
0: exactly okay mummification it's immobilizing the body by wrapping it up usually with multiple layers of shrink wrap or food film it creates a feeling of being helpless and it's used for sensory deprivation I have seen people do mummification in body bags I have done mummification (gasps) with rope I did a rope suspension really? scene where it's harder to do mummification of the entire body, but from the shoulders down to my knees, I was mummified in rope. And I don't then, think I saw oh, that. That's interesting. That was before you and I met. Really? Yes, I did do stuff before you and I met. No, you didn't. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Rara, what is a munch? Oh, a munch! A munch is a meeting of kingsters at a vanilla place, such as a club or restaurant, where people meet for either discussion or just to have dinner. The point is, is it's not to play. There's nothing playing about it. It's not a scene. It's A safe zone for kingsters to
1: meet each other. And it's usually in a vanilla setting, so you should be dressed appropriately. And that I'm going to circle back into consent. The servers, if you're at a restaurant, have not consented to be a part of a scene. So it usually should be more vanilla centric. Right. And we will
0: get more into munches in another episode because munches are a huge big deal in the kink world and one of the best ways to meet other kinksters oh
1: needle play i'm going to let you handle that one okay
0: needle play is temporary piercings done with sterile needles usually only for the duration of a scene so hopefully yeah hopefully there's different kinds of needle play some people do what they call buttons and they put just like two or three needles in a particular place on the body so that every time you press down in that area, the endorphins go whee, and you have fun. I don't think of wee
1: when I think Think of of needles. (laughs) Just gonna throw that out there. I'm actually, I have goosebumps right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I have I
1: have goosebumps just thinking
0: about all the fun with needles. We have different kinds of goosebumps. We really do. <laughs> uh, you can also do the needles the way I like to do them, which is to make them pretty. Of course, of course, and <laughs> always you do, pretty. You do designs. Rara, do you have pink needles? You don't really have pink needles because the needles they're medical grade needles, and depending upon the size, they they come with a different color, so that the person putting the needles in. Can oh, just like the, tell from the, looking at it. The back that of it, if like it's the tip part. The tip part that if it's a green, it's this gauge. If it's a blue, it's this oh, gauge. Oh, that makes sense. But what you can do, and which I have done, is once you put the needles in, you can wind a rope, not really rope, um twine like ribbon? or ribbon or string around it into a design. Oh, actually that does sound neat. It is really
1: fun and pretty I won't ever look at it, but it sounds neat. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay yeah. I'm I tried that I, distract you. Yeah, stuck? okay. I pictured it. Okay, don't picture. Move picture on. is gone. Let's move into negotiation. That is communication before a scene. Can I say that again? It's before a scene. Yes. Newsflash. Newsflash. This is important. It's before a scene. Before a scene. You okay? So you can negotiate during a scene, but it's a lot you more shouldn't. difficult.
0: You really shouldn't actually. Because once those endorphins kick in during the scene, I personally, because again, my opinion, I have opinions, during the scene once the endorphins kick in, I don't know how much of an informed consent you could make because especially in impact, once those endorphins kick in, you can start to handle more and more pain. So you might agree to go further during the scene where before the scene, you know you don't want that level.
1: When I said you could uh, renegotiate a scene, it's more like, to in my opinion, I was thinking more like if I'm seeing that the sub cannot go further and had something in mind, but is starting to like flag out, I might go, all right, would you like to continue for real, or do you think maybe now would be time for a break? Right. I am I would like to negotiate maybe a, mm-hmm. a little break with you, and then maybe we'll talk about going back into it.
0: And a good negotiation will not only have what your goals and expectations and limits are, but another thing that many people forget is to negotiate the aftercare. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's a big part. Especially if you have very specific aftercare needs. I have one of our friends, she needs for her big impact scenes for aftercare, she needs the top to check in with her for a couple of days after the scene ends. So that's something that definitely needs to be part of the negotiations so the top understands that I've done a scene with this person on Saturday. I need to call them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Mm -hmm. to make sure that they are okay.
1: And we actually will talk about how to do a negotiation well in a further scene. Oh, well, I
0: guess I'm adding to my notes, my lists. You have
1: so many already. Do we need more? We can never have enough lists. Uh, that's Can list
0: be a kink? Can we go back to the L's and add <laughs> lists? I think that would a be a kink?
1: fetish. Fetish. Okay. We should do a difference between the kink and the fetish. Oh,
0: I, I probably could use some education myself in that area. I so. got you. I wouldn't mind. Ooh, you're one of
1: your favorites. I This is probably going to come up many, many times. Um, speaking of fetishes, <laughs> I probably have one of the weirdest fetishes. I have a newbie fetish, which sounds horrible when you like just say, I like new people to the scene. They're so hot. Mm. Yeah, sometimes with doms, that can be a red flag. Yeah. But it's not with Dara. No, mine is more like when Rara ra hosts a munch. She'll be like, hey, there's a newbie over there. And be like, oh, really? I'm going to go welcome them to the scene and ask what they're into. And I'm going to be like the the hyperactive, hey, welcome to BDSM. What are you into, person? Because I'm crazy. She's a great welcoming committee. All by myself. I'm a whole committee. You are a whole committee by
0: yourself.
1: <laughs> you committed? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I probably act like I should be. So some people use the term newbie in a mean, derogatory fashion. It's not, though. It means the person is learning and exploring and wants to get into the scene that we are all so passionate about. Right. Which is so cute. I know. I love when people get as (laughs) crazy passionate as we are. Can it also refer to a person who is new to a certain type of kink or fetish scene? I guess you could say they're newbie to rope or newbie to needles. Because to me, there's a difference. Like, you were an electro newbie. I guess so. But that was by choice.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> tried it. I just didn't like it. I love you. I just don't like your kink. Damn street, I know. Nipple clamps. Those are any clamp or clamp-like device designed to compress the subject's nipples. <laughs> They can be put on just a little bit so that they're fun and give a sensation. They can put on a little tighter so that there's more pain involved. You can have a lot of fun. There's different kinds of clamps. There's clover clamps, which are really ouchy. Mm -hmm. I was once... um, I had a clover clamp attached to one of my nipples and the other one attached to a friend's nipples. So we had to walk around together. (laughs) Oh, and she was more used to them than I was and so her favorite thing was to pull on them and watch
1: me. yeah Yo, You know, ow. I was gonna mention that I think uh didn't you also do clothespins? I've done clothespins on my nipples and other places. Yeah.
0: But uh you've got the thing to remember with those is when they come off and the blood flow starts to return to the nipples. Ow. Experienced that a little bit, did you? Ow. But, but if you suck on the nipples, that'll help. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. You suck on the nipples because that helps get the blood flowing and
1: quicker. I'll have to tell that to and Daddy, it feels, Daddy next and it time feels he decides good. to put nipple clamps on me. Objectification is an interesting one. Uh, the subject is, or the sub, or whatever it is you want to call them, is dehumanized or treated as, it could be an animal, it could be a slave, it could be furniture or a toy. I actually like this one a lot. I like being treated like I'm a piece of furniture. And I'm a princess, so you do not get to objectify me. I also like being treated like a sex toy. I like like being a a sex toy. No, like a a straight up blow up doll. Like I don't have the choice. It's like, all right, he's not finished yet. I am finished, he gets to finish. Okay. No matter how long it takes, Mm -hmm. I have to lay there.
0: That sounds fun, actually.
1: It is. One of our good friends has served as a coffee table for her husband slash master. I think I've done Ottoman before. Like, I don't think I could balance all of the stuff on me that a coffee table would hold, but I've done, like, the footstool Ottoman thing. Really? Mm-hmm. I did
0: not know that. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Oh, orgasm control or denial. That's not fun. Uh, it can be, and yet not all at the same time. Your, it's a practice whereby the subject is not permitted to reach sexual orgasm without permission. For could be during just a scene. It could be a control issue from a dominant, so he's told you you're not allowed to have an orgasm for a week. That's usually part of chastity, where a person is completely denied any orgasm. They're not allowed to touch themselves. They're not allowed to anything, I guess, versus edging, where they are allowed to touch themselves but not orgasm. And so your Dom might tell you to play with yourself for a five minute stretch. And then you can't have an orgasm. I've done this a lot with my submissive where she had instructions that every hour on the hour, she had to play with herself
1: for five minutes, but not be allowed an orgasm. So I, you, I know you think this is really weird, but I edge myself just because you can, not just because I like it. I like the, feeling after i've edged like i'll have sex with daddy and like get really really into it and then not allow myself to come and he says nope nope you can't do it because we've negotiated that he's the one that's telling me i can't come right and then maybe a week later i'll be allowed to and it's me saying okay i'm ready now and he'll say okay now you can come and I just it's almost like I rupture something because it's been that long and it's amazing so does that make you a masochist or a sadist
0: when you decide yourself not to have a (laughs) no
1: I just like edging I like the the final product of edging better than just you're like oh hey yeah I came okay it's more intense all right There's also, believe it or not, forced
0: orgasms. Been there, done that. Ah (laughs) Well, you end up being forced to have an orgasm. Even though at some point, especially for women, it gets
1: sore. And we don't want to be touched there anymore. That was one of my first scenes. There was a hitachi. (sighs)
0: Hitachis
1: are fun. There was approximately ten forced orgasms and I thought I would die. But you live to tell the tale. It was a great tale. I love that scene. But (laughs) my goodness, I don't think I would. I don't think I'm going to play with that particular person again, because that was. uh, Okay, that's a different story. It was intense. I understand. So moving right along, I'm going to talk about pegging. Pegging. Pegging is using a strap on dildo for penetration. Usually, not saying all the time, but usually when we refer to pegging, it is female on male anal sex with a dildo okay so not
0: female on female that's just sex sex is good pervertibles are also good pervertibles are a common item which can be applied for bdsm purpose so probably the most used pervertible is the wooden spoon just pull it out of your kitchen drawer right but there are a lot of bdsm tools in your kitchen gadget drawer that you can use spatulas,
1: clothespins, belts, saran wrap. I've used a whisk for electro. Anything metal can be, that can be conductive. Let's talk about just the word play. We use that word a lot. We do. So to engage in a BDSM scene or session, um, usually that's called play. We say, hey, um, I would like to do a play scene with you at this particular event would you like to play with me we also have things like we talked about humiliation play age play toilet play edge play we have things called play parties they are where the point of the party is to To play play. you can have parties that are not play parties my little and pet play parties well i just use pet play because i automatically see pet play but a lot of my little parties that i host are not play they're just little little space
0: okay i've also heard people say you know it's like playtime That's what we call our scenes when we are playing. It is playtime. I can see that. Polyamory. That is when you have multiple relationships with people who are not in the same household. Sometimes it could be an open marriage. Sometimes it's an open relationship. But, for example, I at one point had a dom, a girlfriend, and a play partner. And those were all your relationships? Those were all relationships. They all knew about each other. And some of them had met each other. Mm -hmm. I believe the dom had met the girlfriend. The girlfriend had met the play partner. And so the girlfriend and the play partner knew about the rules that the dom set up for me. So everybody knew about each other. And that's the key part of that, isn't it? Yes, it is. And poly relationships can be wonderful, but they are a lot of work. Within poly, you'll hear the terms compersion, which is when you feel joy at your partner's love with other people so when my girlfriend started dating her her male partner i felt compersion because i saw how excited and happy he made her and how happy she was
1: i didn't know that was a term i've learned a new word that makes me happy yay yes
0: compersion can be hard Mm -hmm. but when you feel it it's wonderful another term is metamore that i know Metamore is the lover of your lover. So my girlfriend and my dom were metamores because
1: they were not involved with each other, but they were involved with me. All right, good to know. A power exchange is anytime there are two or more people consensually and voluntarily agreeing to a relationship in which one or more people have authority over the other. The people without the authority have yielded that to the person with the authority. So if I were to say, I want you to have total, complete power over me. I want to be completely owned by you. You now have that authority over me. Right. And power exchange is a very huge part of DS. It can be total. It can be um, just slight amounts of power. It, it kind of just depends on your dynamic and right. what you're going with. Exactly. Predicament bondage.
0: It's a type of bondage in which the intent specifically is to place the bound person in awkward, difficult, inconvenient, or uncomfortable situation. So I had my rigor do predicament bondage on one of my legs, where she tied it in such a way that I could not put my foot down flat without it causing pain. So you had to stay with it slightly bent, walking on um, your toes, basically. Money just wear high heels. It's not the same.
1: Because <laughs> you can take a high heel off. Oh, well, that's true. This I couldn't take off. Pro dom and pro sub. Yes. Which is interesting because I will admit I did not know pro subs were a thing. They're more rare, but you
0: probably don't realize that one of our good friends did it for a while. Really? Yes.
1: That's an interesting story that I would like to hear from that friend. Basically, what happened
0: in her situation is a pro-dom was hired by people to learn to be a good dom. Oh. And our friend was brought in
1: as the sub. Gotcha. Oh, okay. That's really actually kind of interesting. So Ra and I have both been pro-doms. We have. In our respective uh, fields, I guess you could say. Yeah, I've done
0: impact- Face sitting and foot worshiping. I was going to say you did a lot of foot. I do. You? I do
1: foot sessions. I've only done electro. That's the only one that I felt comfortable enough to do pro scenes with because that's the one that I'm best at. We talked about face sitting, which is also known as queening, and that's usually when one partner sits on the other one's face. Uh, in this case, queening specifically refers to the, the female doing it, right. right? Yeah. Okay. Red flags. That's
0: behaviors in a prospective BDSM partner that indicate the person may be
1: abusive or trouble. Just any kind of undesirable behavior. We've all gotten to the point where we can identify red flags. In in so, let's say a person messages you randomly on FetLife and says all these things, and you know we're going, what? Yeah, Some of them will show their red flags immediately. For
0: instance, a dom who reaches out to you that you're not yet in a relationship with you and says, you need to call me sir from day one. <laughs> red flag. That's a no. Thank you at all we could do an entire episode on potential red flags we probably will i'm gonna add that to my list
1: you do that okay Mm -hmm. color code it will you okay (laughs) i make it pink uh add a few more colors i think let's get like a little rainbow going on i can dig that throw some glitter at it (laughs) no then that's just not a list anymore it's art role play is a scene in which one or more participants assumes the role of a character so you could do uh, police role play, secret agent, which is really cool for interrogation scenes. Superhero, he gets dressed up in costumes, historical figures. So, you know, if somebody wants to be Marie Antoinette in... Um, in off the, with their heads? No, before the off <laughs> with their head part. You know, the whole living in luxury ah, gotcha. type okay. of thing. I don't, I'm not going to role play. Hey, chop my head off.
0: <laughs> well, blood, so no. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I've done role play scenes where I played the poor innocent victim who was kidnapped and had my clothes ripped off and then beaten. Poor innocent victim. That was, that was a stretch for you, wasn't it? I'm a good actor. <laughs> Very good actor. I <laughs> That must have been hard. Uh, I did it. <laughs> rope bunny. A rope bunny is basically anybody who loves to do rope, which I would say... Me! You! (laughs) I'm a rope bunny. This is why you're talking about it. Yes, and it's also why I'm going to talk about sadomasochism. You take that one. Thank you. It is an activity or practice involving the inflicting or receiving of pain and or humiliation. So a sadist is the person who enjoys giving the pain.
1: And the masochist is the person who enjoys receiving the pain. Oh, okay. So me with the edge play, I think we figured it out. Yes. It's sadomasochism. There you go. I am a
0: sadomasochist. As a bottom, I love receiving pain, a lot of pain. And as a top, I love giving that pain. So can you sadomasochist yourself? I have. I have. uh, In the times of COVID, when I haven't been able to get out to certain events and activities, I actually did a scene on myself, by myself, with myself.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. Did you inform yourself of all of the things? I did. We negotiated.
0: (laughs) I sat down and we had a very serious negotiation with yourself, with myself. Did you say it out loud? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I've done. I've actually done it with both impact
1: and stapling. That was the scene that you did to yourself, uh, by yourself? I stapled
0: myself, yes. I stapled my breasts, my boobs.
1: I mean, I know you do that all the time, but it's just really amusing to me that you negotiated with yourself. Well, I did. I had to
0: decide if we wanted to do the black ribbon or the pink ribbon. So we needed to negotiate.
1: (laughs) So your sadist (laughs) negotiated with your masochist about color choice? Well, yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, I guess you, uh, your sadist, practiced safe, sane, and consensual or SSC with your masochist. Well, there might be people who think my talking to myself is not exactly sane, but yes, I guess. So. I mean, that's where I was going to go with that, but you know, I talk to myself all the time, so, and I also refer to my little side as a whole separate being, so. I refer to my middle in the third person, yes. So safe, sane, consensual, SSC for short, is conduct for the healthy enjoyment of the BDSM participants with an emphasis on safe and as sane as possible. So raw talking to herself may not be perceived as completely <laughs> sane, but she did emphasize the safety of her color choice. Yes. <laughs> I should not be making
0: fun of this. I'm used to being made fun of. It's all good. But
1: SSC is not the only terminology that a lot of kinksters use. We do have a few more. We have RAC, which is risk-aware consensual kink. And it's similar to SSC, but acknowledges that there are risks, sometimes extensive. In almost everything we do. No surprise, I like prick. Do you?
0: I do like prick. Is it similar to bananas? <laughs> you use the bananas, don't you? <laughs> <me? laughs> prick stands for personal responsibility, informed, consensual kink. That's a mouthful. It is. But it's like developed a as a way to make it crystal clear that all the kinksters need to have personal responsibility for what they're doing. And that's top and bottom. And top and bottom. Because a lot of times, and I'll hear this with newbies, newbies they will put the onus on the
1: top to be in charge of a scene to keep it safe. But that's not entirely accurate because the bottom has a lot of control over the scene as well. Safe words are part of it. Safe words are part of what keeps things safe. And
0: especially because I do some edgier play with blood and rope suspension, it is really crystal that I have to be in charge of my own body and making sure that I am communicating Mm -hmm. with my top so i will do a lot of for instance where i will tell my top specifically that implement hurts please use a different one or that area of my body needs a break please hit someplace
1: else what about the people who aren't part of the scene and just watching this there is a. they have a responsibility to not insert themselves in the scene right they have a responsibility to not be in the way of the scene, yes, especially because there's a lot of flinging in- implements. Uh, and uh, you know, I work with a very can be potentially very dangerous uh thing in electro. And if I'm live and someone comes up and touches me and gets a shock, they were I announced I was right. live. I have a lot of times I'll have tape around my area and say please don't cross Cross this there's a dangerous thing happening within this tape don't cross it and if people touch me or my bottom and get a shock it's like i what i told you right well that's why i like prick because
0: i want everybody to be responsible for themselves and not think it is only one the top's the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely, don't get me wrong, the top has a huge amount of responsibility. But the bottom also needs to take on responsibility too. Which sort of is a good segue into safe word. Safe word's a pre-designated word or nonverbal cue that is used to stop or slow down a BDSM scene. You will hear used a lot the traffic light system. Green means go, everything's going well. Yellow means hold on a minute we got to talk this out. And red means stop. Immediately. Immediately. There are people I know, I've worked with a, a top who added a couple things. He added blue. Blue means I can take more. So, so I'm good to, to go. I'm good. Green. But in his instance, he wanted to make it more specific. So there was blue, which meant I'm good. You can do it even harder.
1: Oh. And then I believe super he had... Green.
0: Then I believe he had orange, meaning that's as hard as I want it to go. If you stay right here, I'll be good. So don't go any further than this point. Okay, so I'm gonna add super green to my list. That, I will tell you as much as I love the idea, as a bottom, when the endorphins are going, it's harder to remember. But if you can get into that. But wouldn't it be really fun to be like, super green, super green. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes if you've ever heard when I'm having a very tough scene, my green comes out with a question mark. And my topical. how you doing?
1: Green? Yeah, I, I stopped listening <laughs> to your scenes. Oh. When I turned green that one time, <laughs> now I just kind of like, no more, no more, done. And if you were doing a scene
0: where the person, let's say has a gag in and can't speak. Gestures. Then gestures. You can put a ball in their hand that they drop. Mm -hmm. I've seen people do bells where they can ring it, or one of the squeaky toys that you squeak. Slapping. Sometimes giving your top the middle finger. If you've you've pre-worked that out, then that means fuck off and stop. That's a good one. (laughs) But it's it's
1: one of the most crucial aspects to keep your scene safe. Sapiosexuality is really interesting it is the attraction or arousal by intelligence intelligence itself can be so sexual and so hot and it kind of reminds me do you remember um i'm dating myself here do you remember family matters yes do you remember uh steve urkel's girlfriend who is just the just the fact that he was super super smart got her? got her that did it that reminds me of that yeah see i always joke i'm not a sapiosexual but
0: stupidity will turn me off that's accurate. Ooh, scat play. Scat play is any play involving shit. Red. Very red. Super red. Can we super red? So I'm super redding on the shit. <laughs> <laughs> we have opinions on that one for sure i'm you're not judging anybody's into it more more power power to you
1: (laughs) just keep it away from us that is my limit i'm I'm (laughs) gonna blood and shit not i don't think i'm really into like bodily fluids calm no really okay yeah not really into calm either okay let's talk about sensation play i like sensation play because there's a whole lot of different sensations that you can do. It's, it's, and it runs the gamut of different implements that you can use, too. Right. You Feathers. Can, silk. T- tickling, I believe, is sensation play. Metal. You can actually, so if you go from like a feather to knife play, that's considered sensation play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a gentle sensation. Right. It can be a harder sensation, so it depends on your objects. It depend. You can do hot, cold, ice is sensation. Oh, ice play is very. You can do fire and ice and alternate between the two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sensory deprivation—that is basically
0: when you are taking away the bottom senses. So it could be blindfolds, earplugs, anything to deprive them of that. I did a scene once where I had a blindfold on. And I had earplugs in that pumped in one of my favorite musical playlists. So I saw nothing and heard nothing. You just felt everything. It was great. It heightens your senses of touch because you can't use your other sentence. It's Hmm. fun. Service acts chores labor sexual or otherwise that is performed by the sub
1: for the benefit of a dom that's my love language is it it is i do acts of service uh, it's not mine but i do like acts of service the reason i like acts of service is just i can i can show my person better than i can straight cuz you know for me if i can say i love you like 20,000 times but me doing something specifically for that person is like I, I can literally show them how much I love mm-hmm. them. That's a big deal for me. Sissy, sissy is kind of cool. It's like feminization that we talked about before. It's dressing. It's using the feminization though to dress as a girl or naked. But it's um, turning that person into the more girly version and it's used to create like this different mental state. Some people see it as a humiliation, right? Um, some people see it as just their being who they are. There's well, there's a lot of different variations of sissification. Sounding is a smooth. Oh, please let it be smooth. rod. <laughs> it's smooth. It, yeah, that's if there's a nick in it, don't use it it's usually metal and it's inserted into the urinary tract and it can come if you get it in a set it comes in different sizes different gauges Um, medically it's used for expanding the urethra and in cases of bdsm it's urethral play and it's called sounding so the object itself is the sound and then the action is sounding right okay splashing it's the use of food in your play is that like you know, covering your nipples in whipped cream and having the other person lick it off? That's part of it. But
0: I went to a class on splashing and the top was taking, you know, those applesauce packets for little kids? Uh Uh-huh. Would take it and squeeze it all over the bottom. They took pudding
1: out and scooped it up with their hand. And just like, what, body painted? Body painted with it. Okay, that actually sounds really fun. That's going on my list. Mm this class was funny because
0: me I went with two friends one friend was participating and she was up there and she was throwing the food on the other person the other friend and I, every time a new food item came out we moved back one row (laughs) (laughs) because it was messy so by the end of the class we were up against the wall just watching (laughs) I was gonna say did they offer ponchos no that was a problem had there been a splash zone I feel like there should have been ponchos. There should have been. <laughs> that uh, actually sounds like a lot of fun. If that's your thing, it is. But I, it's messy. Yeah, well, a lot of things in PDSM are messy. <laughs> One of the things that I find not messy is stapling. I'm going to... Um, I know you're passing on stapling too. Yeah. Stapling is a usage of a medical grade stapler to staple things to your body or body parts together. Let me emphasize this. It is a medical grade stapler. We are not going to Office Max and say, buying
1: a stapler and using that on the body. So if I just go in my office and grab my pink stapler. Yeah,
0: no. I mean it's pink. I'm happy for that. But no. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. I did have somebody think that I took an actual staple stapler and used that. No. I go on your dot Amazon.com. <laughs> And I buy a medical grade stapler and it comes preloaded. It is safe and it comes with a medical grade staple remover. So not one of those little prong things that you just go pull it out. Okay. No. And there's so many different things you can do with it. I do it so things look pretty. Of course. Because it's me. So I will make corsets with the staples. And And pink ribbon. And with pink ribbon. I think I need more pink ribbon. You might need more pink ribbon. I'll add that to my list too. And I'll put ribbon through it. I have a friend who uses staples for predicament so she did a scene where she had staples on her and then string through the staples so it caused her body to fold up on itself. She did something to me where she stapled my boobs to my legs and I had to do it so that the boobs, it, it hurt if I tried to put my legs down I had to keep my legs up in the air. That is a heck of a predicament. It was. St. Andrew's Cross. That is a particular type of bondage furniture that consists of an X-shaped cross, and it usually has restraint attachments at the top, sometimes at the bottom. You will find
1: that in most dungeons. It's a very popular one. Uh, So submissive is a person who tries to or who desires to give up control of themselves or certain parts of themselves to the dominant partner. And again, there are as many different types of submissive as there are dominance. Let me guess I'm adding the category to my list for future topics. Probably. Okay. Well, within that, we should probably mention subspace. Oh, yes. I did mention before that um, I went through kind of a period of three days of being high after a certain scene because of the endorphins, the adrenaline, the dopamine that I got from this scene, and that's known as subspace. So it was not a drugged high, it was that ultimate natural high. Yes. And again, three days. And when I dropped from that, I crashed wow. so hard. It's incredible it really is it's quite a it's quite a fun high
0: speaking of high suspension it's where you are there's bondage usually rope in which the submissive's weight is totally or partially suspended often considered an art form and it could take a while to get it up i it's one of my top kinks and i love it it's great
1: suture play is another one of your top kinks i actually haven't tried suture play yet
0: oh i thought it was uh with the needles no it's not it is specifically
1: sewing up parts of your body oh oh yeah i'm not gonna do that one either because needles and probably blood i'm sure there's blood probably there will be blood let's talk about the next generation yes we're not, not talking star trek not star trek no i was gonna say t and g yeah star trek let's talk about so that that's probably where they got the name from I, yeah probably uh it's a coalition of bdsm clubs intended to target the 18 to 35 age group um and its goal is to make ds more accessible to the younger crowd right uh, topping from the bottom That's a phrase
0: that gets heard a lot. And that's where the submissive or the bottom is attempting to manipulate the top in order to have the attention or to have his or her own needs met. Uh, One of the things I do want to emphasize is using your safe word is not topping from the bottom. Absolutely not. Setting limits is not topping from the bottom. Negotiating what you want is not topping
1: from the bottom. Yeah, so topping from the bottom is, it can be bratty? It's, it's It can be if that's your dynamic, but it's not usually considered polite etiquette. No. Uh, total power exchange, I think we kind of touched on this earlier. Uh, it is a level of DS, and it's supposed to be like the dominant has as much power as possible. Like everything that can be given up is there. That's why it's called total power power exchange uh and it's some of them don't recognize contracts safe words limits it it really depends on what you negotiated and what's in your dynamic toy it's a part of the
0: objectification kink it is when one is treated and used not like a person but like a toy so it could be the sex toy a play toy a fuck toy you'll hear that term some people will say instead of saying this is my sub this is my toy.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, toys are also implements. Yes. So that can be a little confusing, but we'll try. A troll is a person who uses online resources as a source for prospective partners. Uh, may pretend that they are experienced in BDSM when they are not. So there's a lot of trolls on FetLife people. Be careful Yes, of all genders. Other
0: people you want to avoid are those who believe in one two. Way, T-W-U-E or T-W-O-O. And that's sort of a derogatory term for people who think that there's only one right way to do kink.
1: There isn't. There's like, my goodness, we've talked about so many just in these episodes already.
0: Or they'll say that you're not a true submissive or a true kinkster because you're doing things differently. That's crap. Here's the reality. If two people are doing something that they enjoy, they're being safe and they are both sticking to the boundaries and limits that they have agreed upon and negotiated, then guess what? They're doing it right.
1: Now, I have personally told people that what they were doing was not what I, well, no, I flat told somebody that what they were doing is not safe and should not be considered BDSM because we are all about the safety. Yes. During whatever it is. And if you were doing something that is well beyond the safety measures, probably should not happen. No. Under consideration is when a person having power is still considering or deciding whether to accept the lesser power partner in a DS relationship. Okay. Then there's the term unicorn. It is the elusive
0: mythical creature that is a bisexual female who is willing to join a couple. And by joining, that means she's having a relationship with both the man and the woman. Are there male unicorns? Not usually. I've never heard it referred to for a man. I bet you I know one. Okay, one of the other fun things that I've done is called a vacuum bed or vacuum cube. I've also done those too. It's a bondage device composed of basically a latex envelope that spans an entire frame. You go inside, a suction pump removes all of the air inside of it and that the person inside now has, basically feels like floating. So I've done a cube. I've done a bed where you're laying down. I've done one where you're standing up. You can do ones where the head is also covered, and then there's a tube to breathe through. The ones that I've done has not covered my head because I don't want to mess up my hair and makeup.
1: Yeah, because then it would not be pretty. Pretty, no. I See, that would be on my list of things to try. I actually really, really do want to try it, but I can't. No, because you have a latex allergy. Which would really suck if I was completely encased in latex. Yes, it would. So I'm going to go with vampire gloves. Those are super fun. Oh, I love those. Now the term vampire, you would think blood. No, right? I know. It but it does there's not no blood. Need to have blood. I mean, I guess if you press super hard, yeah, there's blood. But really, what they are is like gloves that are used in sensation play and have spikes or needles protruding from the palms and the fingertips and you just press and you don't need blood but oh my gosh the sensation of that is oh chills, right? Oh gosh, I think my nipples just got hard thinking of those. (laughs) Vanilla.
0: That one you will hear all the damn time. Basically, vanilla refers to anything that is not kinky. So vanilla could be the person who is not in the BDSM lifestyle it could be your vanilla job well because yeah we have
1: vanilla jobs and kinky jobs exactly it's also behavior that could be for instance vanilla sex which is just regular sex without any kind of bdsm component right voyeurism so rara is an exhibitionist i would be the opposite of that i am a voyeur and without the voyeurs my exhibitionism is useless the only thing i will not voyeur on you is your blood play <laughs> <laughs> that will turn the <laughs> heck around i have enough though. but everything else like i love watching other people and um i've done it with my cut queening before Okay. One of the rules, and you were there for it, you were part of it. My rule with the cut queening when my partner is with a different partner, I want to watch it. You did get to watch it. I like watching it. <laughs> Let's talk about that Wartenberg wheel. Oh, I have a love hate relationship with the Wartenberg wheel. I just love them, I think they're fascinating. It's uh, it's a short handle which has a little wheel with needle-like spikes. And again, you'd think blood. And with me and the the no to the blood, it, no. It, you have to really, really press hard with these things in order to draw any blood. Right. I did have a partner who was scared of them, and I would use it in our CNC scenes instead of a knife.
0: There you go. Yeah, I mean they're they're sharp. They, there's definitely a sensation to them. And like we said before, Good. sensation doesn't have to be gentle. So we talked about scat. Now let's talk about water sports. Water sports is not about water. Water sports is about urine. Also so, referred to as the golden shower. Oh, yes. It's any play that involves urination. Usually one person is peeing on the other person. Water sports could also include drinking pee. Can I just, can I say red again? You want to say red again? Yeah. I'm I, a, I, yeah. No, I think it's, it's I a hard... I don't do bodily fluids. It's a hard limit for me. I have uh, our good friend... Simple Beauty is very much into water sports. And I've had long talks with her to try to understand mm-hmm. why. I'm not there yet.
1: <laughs> but I'm hey, working on it. That's her thing. Now, does she like doing the water? Like, is she the person who does it or is she the person it's, that receives it?
0: it? She receives it. It's part of humiliation play for her. Okay, that, she I, is that I can see.
1: Uh, wax play is the top drips hot wax on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It is... Very dependent on the type of candle you cannot just go to a store and pick up a candle. It's a very, very specific type of wax.
0: you know what works really well. Hmm. those Jesus candles you get in the store that's in the glass. hilarious i I bought I went to like Kmart and bought a whole bunch of them because I got them in all different colors and then worked really hard to get the beautiful picture of Jesus off the glass bottle.
1: <laughs> I did not want Jesus staring at me. <laughs> Uh, You know what? I tried it once and um, I I just, it wasn't my
0: thing. It was cool. It's very funny. As with many things, there are people who absolutely love it and they look at it as very risky because of course hot wax Mm -hmm. is being dripped on you. You do have to be well
1: trained to do that one.
0: I do wax play when I'm recovering from my impact play, but I still want to play, and I can't do, do anything that's yeah. that I've seen the
1: glow-in-the-dark ones. Those are <gasps> awesome. Fluorescent ones, Oh, yes. they're so cool.
0: They are beautiful. We I'm have
1: cool. one person in our, in our area that does it, and it's like he just raises actually, it to an two. art form level. Really? Who, oh, yes. We'll have to talk about that one. Okay.
0: Yes, uh, there's actually, again, pictures on Life, mm-hmm. Princess Rara, of
1: wax, fluorescent wax on me. Okay. They're pretty. Zappers. I would put those under the electro category. They okay. can be kind of separate. It's usually like a stick that has. It's similar to a cattle prod. Um, it, but it, you can use a cattle prod for it. But a zapper is the one that you like smack, and it goes bzzz. yes. Um, and it does cause pain like fly zappers. Um, the the ones that look like. <laughs> zippers <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't really know what else to call it but um, they're fun right
0: uh, then last but never least is zipper Zippers an arrangement of clothes pins or spring clamps I've seen it done with staples too where they're tied along a length of cord or twine and then you rip it off ow and they all come flying off ow didn't you have to do that as a punishment once no I have not done a zipper yet Believe I it thought or not. That was you. That was not me, thank goodness. What I have done is put ninety-five clothespins on my body. Okay, so out. But I did not do the zipper <laughs> yet. I'm sure we have left some terms out. Probably. So if there's anything else that you want to know about,
1: send us an email, send a voicemail,
0: hit us up on right. any of our platforms. I'm also going to post on our Instagram page, Pink Kink Podcast. Some pictures of some of these implements that we've talked about so you could see what they look like. Mm-hmm. Might make a game out of it too. I think that'd
1: be fun. Do you know what one, this one is? Guess the implement. And uh, I think that is time. That's what we have for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe you'll be featured in a future episode. Just visit us at
0: pinkkinkpodcast.com to learn how to send a voice message as well as find other links to important information. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at Pink Kink Podcast. Rate and review Pink Kink on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
1: Those five-star reviews really help us. And don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.